This is episode 48 of the Missio Nexus podcast, August 2019. Well, I hope we didn't shock you with that uh, rock and roll music at the beginning. Somebody was telling me how terrible the intro and outro bumpers and whatnot are for this podcast, so I've decided to just forego them and give you a few seconds of music instead, talk about the sponsor, and then we'll get right to the interview. So today's sponsor, uh, I, want, I want you to know about Next Leader. If you remember Steve Moore, he was the leader of Missio Nexus and the role I have now before me. He's got a new online course called Developmental Leadership, Becoming the Person Everyone Wants to Work For. And it's based on a chapter in his book, Grow Toward Your Dreams. If you go to his website, and we're going to put the link in the show notes, he has a free personal growth assessment tool posted there, and you can read about the book and the online course. So go check that out. Well, today for our interview, we have a good friend, uh, Gary Franz, international uh, director or vice president, I guess, of international ministries for Good News Jail and Prison Ministries. And before we jump into the interview, I just want to read to you a few verses. Uh, because some of you might think this is a little bit, you know, out of step for maybe some of the globally focused things we did. You're going to find out that's not true. But this is from Matthew 25, starting in verses, uh, let's see, I'll start in 34, skip over some and jump down to 40. Uh, but, uh, but this is Jesus talking. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then jumping down to the verse 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So let's have that in the background, and let's talk to Gary. Well, today we are doing a podcast recording, and I'm sitting in the middle of a huge thunderstorm uh, here in Central Florida. And if you didn't know, we are like the lightning capital of the world, so it could get kind of loud on my end, and I want to say I'm sorry for that. Uh, we have on the call today Gary France, who's the Vice President of International Ministry for Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. And I've had the privilege of knowing Gary for some years. So Gary, just want to start by saying welcome. Thanks for taking your time to be with us. Thanks, Ted. It's, it's great to be with you. Enjoy being a part of Missio Nexus. Well, just to kind of familiarize uh, listeners, I, I should just say, I think, Gary, the first time we met was in 1990 when you had just returned back from overseas, and we met at the Pioneer's office. I don't know if you remember that or not, but that's the first time we've met. So we've known each other for quite a while. I do remember that. I remember you were a a prime candidate for Pioneer's at that time, looking to go with Pioneer's. So that's right. I was glad we reeled you in. So (laughs) (laughs) well, it was very good to be reeled. Um, And we can kind of skip over a lot of history, but let's just jump right into this. There's going to be a lot of people, I think, on the call that are not familiar with the international nature of prison ministry. 
So could we just start by, can you give us an overview, overview first um, specifically of the organization, but then a little bit more on the international piece? Sure, sure. I mean, the, the, the reality of our world is that at any given day, there are over 10 million people who are incarcerated uh, around the world. And uh, that is uh, a revolving, there is a little bit of a revolving door there. So in the course of a year, uh, nearly 40 million people will be incarcerated for some period of time in a facility. Uh, many will stay on. Uh, others will be, you know, booked into a facility, serve some time, and then and then leave. So, um, there's this great opportunity when people are facing some difficult life circumstances uh, to share the love of Christ, to be be Christ, and uh, show love in a deep, significant way. And the uh, Good News mission is to uh, mobilize the church to make an impact on this community uh, of those who are affected by incarceration. First of all, by reaching those who are incarcerated and then by um, impacting uh, the circle of influence that they, they come from because it affects the, the family and the community that these people come from. So that's kind of our mission is to mobilize the church. We place chaplains in these jails and pres uh, prisons uh, to be uh, have a ministry of presence there, and that's number one. So um, we have uh, internationally, uh, we work in the U.S., and uh, my counterpart oversees that, and uh, we have about 85 personnel uh, across the country in 22 states. And then overseas, we're in 25 countries, uh, you know, both Latin America, Eurasia, Middle East, and Africa, and uh, we're mobilizing uh, nationals in those countries uh, to uh, uh, do this work, this type of work. And so we're an international movement in that sense. So I, I think some of our listeners probably hear, you know, about this type of ministry. Whoa, that was a close <laughs> lightning strike there. <laughs> and they may think um, this doesn't really touch the unreached. Hmm. What would be your response to that? <laughs> Well, um, first of all, anywhere there's unreached peoples, um, there are there are jails and prisons, and um, the reality is is most people in the world don't really want to deal with this population. So it's actually an opportunity uh, for the church uh, to gain access to people who they may not be able to reach uh, in the general community. Um, because they may not, you know, want to have contact with Christians, but once they're incarcerated. So in every country in the world, people are incarcerated. And uh, we have the opportunity of working uh, with Muslims, uh, with Hindus. Um, sometimes there's restrictions on what we can do, but they can be within ears distance of the gospel um, as we minister in some of these places. Um, I could. I don't really want to name certain countries that we're in. No, that's there fine. Places, there are places that are closed uh, in many ways to traditional missions and missions where we're ministering to. Uh, uh, we're going behind jail doors and ministering to quote nominal Christians in those places 
and other types of religious groups are listening and having an ear to the gospel. Uh, so, yeah. Could, could you share with us the story of somebody, um, let's say I'm the international side that's been, been affected by uh, the ministry of Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, there's a, a young man that I met a few years ago when I was in Malawi in Africa, where um, this man, uh, this, this, he was uh, actually named Shalom at birth, uh, but peace was not a part of his life. And as a teenager, he started drinking, started smoking weed, getting in with the wrong crowd, and he actually had an anger problem. He was just angry at life, uh, raised in a good family in Malawi, uh, but uh, just angry. And uh, in his 20s, he became the supplier of alcohol and, and weed to, to his friend group and to younger kids who didn't have access to it. And his rage continued. Uh, one day he came home, he was, uh, he was drunk, and uh, his mom started talking with him. He got angry at his mom, whom he loved dearly, and he shoved her, and she hit her head and bled out and died. He finds himself in Kasungu Prison in uh, Kasungu, Malawi. And I've been in that prison where people sleep on cement floors. They're locked down in overcrowded mass cells. Uh, they receive one meal a day. Uh, it's like a soupy rice. Uh, their family has to provide any other food that they would eat. And it's just not a place you want to be. So this young man in his young 20s is sitting in prison having murdered his mom and wondering, how did I get here? We had a good news chaplain who regularly visited, weekly went to that prison, had a service, and had some Bible studies going in the courtyard of this prison. And uh, Shalom didn't attend the service, but he listened from a distance. And after six months of listening, he gave his life to Christ. Now, the other thing to understand about the system there is you could wait seven, eight years just to go to trial in this prison. So legal systems, you know, even in the States, it's difficult, but overseas, it could be a lot worse. And so he's sitting in this situation. Now he's a believer in Christ. And uh, people were telling him, you should get a good lawyer. You know, they can pay bribes and get you out of here. He said, my lawyer is Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust him. Well, I was in Malawi a year and a half ago, and Shalom had just been released. Uh, after two years in prison and they're on a technicality, they were putting together his case. They had eight months to prosecute him, but was, uh, and they ended up not doing that. So he's free for good now. But what Shalom was doing with me was going to every prison that we visited, sharing his testimony, leading worship. And he's studying to be a pastor. He's actually an associate pastor in a church there and uh, continued would like to be a chaplain and a pastor there in Malawi. And that's just one example. Uh, and we have hundreds of stories like that, similar different circumstances where uh, people land themselves in prison and uh, see the love of Christ demonstrated for them and uh, come, come to know the Lord. So it's just a, it's an exciting ministry. I think one of the things that, you know, at least I didn't understand until I went overseas and saw a few prison situations um, is just the, the conditions in prisons in most of the world are not at all up to Western standards. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, here, the, and I'm not belittling the experience of being in prison here, 
right. but but the lifestyle that some of these people are forced to live, I think, is really beyond a lot of our comprehension. Yeah, let me just describe a situation that is actually in a Central American country where we do work and uh, went to a cell block um, of 500 people in this particular prison. Um, a year and a half before I got there, this cell block was on lockdown. Um, part of it was the conditions. Uh, while there's 500 in this, a cell block there is like an area of the prison that has a courtyard with large uh, cells around it. And um, a cell would be a 20 by 60 foot room jammed full of bunk beds where 150 men are locked down from five o'clock at night till five o'clock in the morning uh, with one spigot in the corner and one hole in the corner for a toilet. Now you can imagine the overcrowding. That's about two times the size of your of the typical living room in the U.S. And you have 150 men locked down for 12 hours, and then they're released into the courtyard during the day. Well, this whole block was rebelling against the leadership. Uh, they were beating up guards when they came in, and uh, they didn't want anybody touching them. They wanted to rule their own block. Uh, well, under the situation, the warden of the prison called in one of our chaplains and said, "Mario." You know, you know, cell block one is on lockdown. And Mario said, yeah, because he served there and some of the other blocks. I want you to go into that block. Would you go in there for us? <laughs> and the irony, right? The guards won't go in with weapons. He wants yeah. the chaplain to go in there with a Bible. <laughs> Mario said, yes, I'll go. I want to go minister to those men. So he started going into that volatile situation, started sharing the love of Christ. And I was in that block a year and a half later, uh, being a part of a worship service where those 500 men were standing. Not all of them got saved. Not all of them are Christians, but there's peace in that place. And many of them came to Christ and were disciples uh, of Christ and, and bringing peace to that block. And that's just part of the radical love of Christ uh, that can change a situation. In, uh, on a dime. But yeah, the situation there, the, the conditions are, are, are difficult, very difficult, for sure. Well, I, I mean, I recall um, in some prison situation, again, I won't mention the country, but in uh, Latin America, where women were in prison with <laughs> children. Um, and they're dependent on people outside the prison for their food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, very, very vulnerable populations there um, in, a, in an amazing way. But let me ask you this. Are, are your chaplains, are they always foreigners or are they indigenous chaplains? What, how does that work out in your organization? Uh, in our organization, they're indigenous chaplains. So um, we don't send uh, chaplains. At this point, we haven't sent chaplains cross-culturally necessarily. Uh, we raise up chaplains within the country. Yeah. What kind of, um, obviously you're doing some kind of training or preparation for them. How does that look like? Yeah, we have some initial training that we give to uh, chaplains to equip them to go into the facilities. Uh, we're building uh, best practices, uh, partnering with organizations like Lifeline Global and others, uh, American Bible Society has uh, developed a curriculum, uh, Trauma Healing which is an evangelism curriculum for people who face trauma. And, you know, 70 to 
of people who are incarcerated, have faced some kind of trauma, violence in the home, rape, you, you know, you name it, uh, difficulties. And so they see the world through, through, the, through violence, you know, and we need to address that as we approach them with the gospel. So we're partnering with organizations like that and working with our chaplains. Most of our chaplains overseas are, are quote, part-time. And the reason for that is partly because uh, they don't have the same uh, chaplain uh, vision. Uh, the systems don't necessarily provide for full-time full chaplains in a lot of places, but they're willing to let people come in a couple days a week. And then we try to mobilize volunteers within that time frame as well from the churches to have the greatest reach and to provide that discipleship and that type of thing. So. Well, uh, you know, you hear a lot of talk in our culture anyway about the need for prison reform. And I mean, I've seen a lot of the statistics through the years. It just shows how uh, Christian discipleship programs seem to be the biggest difference maker uh, yeah. for, for people in prison. And so I just want to tell you, I just really respect your ministry and what you're doing. Um, can you share with our listeners maybe a prayer request or two that you would have for Good News Jail Prison Ministry? Yeah, yeah. I would just say um, uh, one prayer request would be that the local churches in the places uh, where we serve would catch a vision for the great impact that this could have, not only in the facilities, but uh, in their communities. Um, so that would be one thing. Um, that we would see a growing movement. We want to be a catalyst uh, for the church to demonstrate Christ's love in a radical way. And we think this is a great platform for that to happen. So we're asking God to raise up an army of churches in these places. Um, two would be, we just have some guys working in difficult situations uh, where they could be accused of proselytization and arrested themselves. Uh, if the wrong story is told and that type of thing. So, um, and, and there's some places where, uh, you know, I mean, the prisons are actually run by the inmates. <laughs> so, uh, and they're there at the, uh, the favor of the inmates, but that could turn on a dime and there could be an outbreak of violence in any situation. So just kind of safety for our chaplains. Um, we, we want this to be a growing tool in the arsenal of the church for growing the church in difficult to reach places. And that's, that's a passion and a vision that I have for this. So, well, man, I agree with that so much. And, you know, it could be that somebody's working out in some place and there's a prison in their city. What's the website address if they want to find out more information about your ministry, Gary? It's goodnewsjail.org. Goodnewsjail.org. Good news okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, our guest has been Gary Franz. Gary, I want to really thank you for being on the call with us today. Yeah, thanks, Ted. It's great to be with you. Well, I hope that helped get you a little more informed on a really unique niche in ministry that to me is important and one we need to be concerned about and praying for. I got a few announcements, then something I like, uh, the I got a question from the mailbag, of course, but the announcements today, just September 6th, the last day to register for the Missions Leader Conference, and we've had pretty good response this year. We're excited about the event. I hope you're able to make it. I, there's no other event like it. 
offered in the United States. I mean, there's lots of conferences, I realize, but not one in which you get all these leaders that are focused on mission together. So I hope you can make that. Um, a couple other things for CEOs particularly. In in December, we're doing a denominational roundtable gathering. We've been doing this for many years. It's a small gathering of CEOs of denominational missions, which, by the way, I find to be, uh, this meeting is always an interesting one. And I find some of these denominational agencies doing things that the non-denominational agencies, like the one I worked for, um, are not doing. Uh, it's a unique thing. It's not what I would have expected before I got engaged with this world. So check that out. And then March 31st, April 2nd is our CEO peer-to-peer event. And this year we're holding it in San Francisco and we have a venture capitalist uh, who's a believer coming to talk to us. It's going to be, I believe, a very good event. And you, you know, something that's on my heart is this whole topic of innovation. Um, hence the location, hence the speaker. Um, come and get challenged uh, if you're a CEO. If you're not a CEO, why don't you write a little email to your CEO and say, hey, I heard about this event and help us get that event filled. Thank you. Um, I'm going to talk about the members only podcast, I think, at the end here. So let's just get right to the mail bag. And today's question comes from a, a email exchange that I had. Um, and we're going to be talking about the topic of persecution at the Mission Leaders Conference as you know, our big topic is future mission. And persecution, I believe, is a part of that. And we're going to have Andrew Brunson with us to talk about his imprisonment in Turkey. And one of our plenary speakers is going to lean in on this a little bit. The question is this, does persecution work? And I believe among Christians, there is a idea that persecution produces fruit or growth in the church. And, um, you know, I believe that's true. I believe that's actually a biblical concept, but I'm not sure that growth is always the way we think the growth is going to be. And there's a vast body of research out there that you can actually get that talks about the effects of persecution. And in reality, persecution does have a negative effect, at least in the short term, on the church. If you really want kind of a prima facie um, argument that you, I think, would struggle to refute. Get the book, The Lost History of Christianity, the thousand-year golden age of the church in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia, and how it died. It's by Philip Jenkins. And what you'll find there is Islamic persecution of Christians was highly effective um, and did basically stamp out the Nestorian church. Now, if you're looking for a shorter read on the same topic, one of our members, Sat7, uh, I don't know, about some years back, I think it was 2012, uh, they have an article on their website, Does Persecution Truly Bring Church Growth? And it's also a, it addresses this issue. Um, so I think we got to be careful that we don't make kind of um, off-the-cuff remarks about persecution coming and how it's going to be good for the church. Because I'm not sure that fruit that we think about in terms of uh, the growth of the church is necessarily the kind of fruit that we might think of. It's, you know, by the way, fruit in the New Testament is always character based fruit. It's never growth in evangelism or churches or church numbers. And so let's be a little bit careful as we use that word. Well, something I like. Now, I've talked about uh, prayer cast before, but. I am really enjoying this Islamic series they're doing. Um, I don't know if you 
prayed on the day of Hajj with a prayer cast. Um, there's a, I think it's Eid al-Adakh today or, or this week anyway. And they've got something on their site about that. I want to encourage you, you know, you can download and get the videos on your phone. The website, when they're posting these videos, they do some background information. And you can go on and read the background information. And, I mean, I worked in a, you know, Muslim area. And, you know, it wasn't super Muslim. I mean, there were secular Muslims in a sense. Less so today than they were when I worked there. But I would just say that I am learning a ton. And I would suggest you also read those things as you use the videos to pray by. And uh, I just I can't commend it to you enough. If it's not a part of your prayer routine, it's well worth making it a part of your prayer routine. Okay, we're not going to play the goofball outro anymore either. But I do want to just say as we part that we do have a members-only podcast. It's been suffering from technical issues for about a month, maybe two months. And uh, we have tried to move mountains to get this fixed and I believe it's working if you could do me a favor and try to uh, get access to that and let me know if it's not working um, we're, we're not sure if it's working for everybody or just some but if you could help us with that go onto our website look for podcast instructions are up on how to get to the members only podcast of course you have to be a Missio Nexus member and then use the info or contact me page to let me know if it is not working so that we can get uh, a little more help. We've got to make sure that that's up there for everybody. So hope you have a blessed day wherever you're at. Adios.